0: On the Ref Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans, the Sooners a two-touchdown favorite. A lot of stuff to talk about today. We're going to hear from Brent Venables here in a minute. We're going to hear from Scott Satterfield, the Cincinnati coach, here in a minute as well. Uh, Danny Okoye's decision tonight, 6.30, expected to be the University of Oklahoma. And if it is, and it appears that it will be, uh, according to uh, Parker Thune and Travis Davidson, I think. Number five on rivals is where the Sooners would go. And they would move from uh, 9 to number 7 on the 247 composite. So, big night for Sooner fans. Uh, We don't expect any surprises. I mean, it's not a 100% done deal. But, Parker, you still feel good that Danny Okoye, who basically looked like there was a no-chance situation for Oklahoma, a ways back. And it looks like tonight he will commit to OU. That's right,
1: Steely. And, you know, we talked about, and one of the things we have talked about continually over the last couple of years is how the narrative as it pertains to in state recruiting has gradually shifted as Brent Venables has taken over this program and implemented his new philosophy. And I don't think anything underscores Oklahoma's newfound dominance of in state recruiting quite like the one guy. The one guy in recent memory who was not only not interested in Oklahoma, but adamantly opposed to Oklahoma. It's not often you get an Oklahoma kid within that frame of mind. but So it was for Danny Okoye, the four-star defensive end, out of the Noah Homeschools Association up in Tulsa. And, again, here we are six hours away from his commitment, and everything, every sign, every arrow – Points toward Oklahoma being the school of choice less than four months after that would have seemed an impossibility. So, major props to Miguel Chavis, to Brent Venables, to the Oklahoma support staff, to the folks within the Soul Mission, everybody that has helped revitalize Oklahoma as the premier destination for top in state athletes, of which Danny Okoye is obviously one, the number one player in the state of Oklahoma for the 2024 class.
0: No doubt it uh, looks like a big victory for Oklahoma tonight. And, again, they would move up to number 5 on the rivals' rankings and from 9 to 7 on the 247 composite rankings. So, uh, again, if you're going to the SEC, and you know, Oklahoma is, you've got to have uh, top 10 recruiting classes year in, year out. I mean, you may have some that, that, that are closer to 10 and 5 or whatever or 1. But uh, Brent and this staff have recruited so far at a very high level. Looks like a victory for Miguel Chavis tonight, who's done a nice job uh, as part of the staff, no doubt. Okay, Sooner Cincinnati this weekend. Let's hear from Brent Venables. Uh, Last week, Cincinnati, they opened the season. They routed Eastern Kentucky, then they went to Pitt and won that game against the Panthers on the road. Came back, they'd won 16 straight against Miami of Ohio but that streak was snapped when uh, Miami 0 won in overtime last week at Nippert Stadium. So, big upset there. The Bearcats lose in overtime. But Brent Venables, again, pretty impressed with this Cincinnati team. And uh, said the other day at his press conference that uh, the Bearcats are going to be a very tough test despite last week's loss to Miami
2: that's a team that's used to winning again they have high standards when they play at home or they play on the road but um, it's going to be a again a great atmosphere they got a strong col- culture great belief system uh, you know those players um, you know expect success and, uh, and again they had a, a tough loss in overtime you know their play you know away from uh, winning the game so I'm sure they've got great perspective. They haven't lost their mind through a little adversity. And, uh, you know, they'll be ready to compete. And uh, so we've got to focus on us having a great week of, of practice. That's how we'll gain confidence, you know, getting getting on the airplane, you know, going to their place. But make no mistake, it's, it's going to be, a you know, a really strong challenge. Again, they've had plenty of really good teams come to their place the last five years and not have success. So uh, we got to find a way to to have the kind of success we need uh, in order to give ourselves a chance to to be successful.
0: There you go. Brent yesterday at his press conference. Meanwhile, Bearcats quarterback uh, Emory Jones again played against the Sooners back in the day. Uh, In that Cotton Bowl matchup, you know, the one where Dan Mullen made all the excuses. Well, we didn't have anybody, you know. And they they didn't have a full roster, obviously, but the Sooners dominated that game. Emory Jones had a rushing touchdown. Uh, I think he was 8 of 16 through the air. uh, Minimal yardage through the air. But the Sooners have seen Emory Jones before. Uh, Cincinnati, though, their head coach, Scott Satterfield, also had his presser yesterday. And he was complimentary of Oklahoma. But he also said that they will not be intimidated by the Sooners.
2: You, you don't look at that to me, you don't look at the jersey and say, oh, you know, it's a
0: team like Oklahoma, you know, with tons of history and all this and that. Yeah, you know, we respect them, um, but we still want to go out and, and win, and we still want to go out and play our best football, um, you know, as, and, that, and that's how you approach it, you know, you approach it with your training, um, how how good can we prepare this week to go out and play great, and and then you go out on the field, Then we expect our guys to make plays, we expect them to do the things that, that they've, they've been showing they've done in practice, so um, you know, we got to go out there and play our best ball and, and hope we can go out and get a win. All right, those are our Ortho Central clips of the day right there. Ortho Central clinics in Norman and Midwest City for a long time now. Now, a uh, n- nearly new Tri City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. The full service clinics there treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries, and they've got the best reputation in the business at Ortho Central. All right, uh, Parker Thune, Sooners. You know, right now, looking good, 3-0, and competitive depth they've talked about, the coaches, the players, uh, appears to be very real. And we said this should be a better football team. And they clearly look like a better football team. But everybody's asking the question now, all right, you know, it's 3-0, and and Oklahoma's rolling after they just humiliated the Huskers and Lincoln last year. And then they came back and fell back down to earth, uh, losing to Kansas State. And then it was TCU. And then the debacle in Dallas. Uh, I don't think you're looking at a catastrophe like they had a year ago after going 3-0. and But um, this is a game you got to go win, man. You've got to win this game. If you somehow stumble at Cincinnati, a lot of those questions come right back, right? Well,
1: certainly, Steely, and I think the narrative is going to be somewhat understandably so. Well, we're not going to find out all that much about what kind of football team Oklahoma is these next two weeks with Cincinnati and Iowa State. Cincinnati coming off the loss to Miami of Ohio, Iowa State coming off the loss to Ohio University. I, I would actually, I, I'm not going to sit here and say we're going to learn a ton about the Sooners over the next two weeks, but I think we will be able to distinguish the difference, a difference between the 2023 Sooners and their precursor from a year prior because that 2022 team, Steely, they were adept at turning wine into water. They lost a few games that, at the end of it all, you just sat there and wondered, how on earth did they manage to pull that off? I think of the West Virginia game up in Morgantown. Tech. I think of Texas Tech out in Lubbock where they led by, what, 18 points in the third quarter of that football game. And so – those opponents, some of those opponents that they managed to lose football games to a year ago were not particularly intimidating opponents. Baylor is another great example. Baylor came to Oklahoma, beat the Sooners at Owen Field. That was not a game Oklahoma should have lost. Heck, I, how many games, I would say there were two games last year, in which Oklahoma didn't beat themselves, two games in which they were very clearly outplayed, the TCU game and the Texas game, and you have the caveat that Dylan Gabriel is hurt for the vast majority of one game and the entirety of the other game. But that team last year, they had an uncanny ability to choke football games away to inferior opponents. And so Cincinnati and Iowa State, let's call it like it is, they are inferior opponents. But what's going to give me a lot of belief in where this football team can go in 2023 is if they can come out this weekend at Nippert Stadium and next weekend as they come back home to Norman and just step on throats and not give programs like that, which are well-coached and have some talent. We're not talking about scrub G5 teams anymore. No, these are Power 5 programs with talent and with capable, distinguished coaches. If they can come out and prove that there is absolutely no question that they are better all around and they play like it, then to me, that sets the table for what could be a very impressive run over the course of the second half of this season for Oklahoma football. It all kind of hinges on what happens October 7th in the Cotton Bowl, but... I think there's a difference between rolling into the Cotton Bowl 5-0, and not having been hardly challenged and won every single game by double digits, or 5-0 and and let's say Iowa State just took you down to the wire, as they've had a habit of doing over the last few years, two weeks after going up to Athens, Ohio and losing a football game.
0: This game Saturday, again, I don't think if the Sooners go out and win and they cover the spread, which is 14-and-a-half, the latest I saw, it's not going to prove that Oklahoma's totally back, but it's going to go a long way than the other three games have. Uh, and I think SMU's pretty good, at least offensively, but you're going into a uh, hostile environment Saturday where they've been waiting for Oklahoma, and I'm not sure it's a good situation that they lost last week to Miami O. Might be better if they were rolling in 3-0, and feeling extra confident. But, um, pardon me, the uh, the Sooners should go win this game. you got to go win this game. And you need to go win this game by cover the spread again. Good teams, win games, great teams cover as well. Uh, I don't know if Oklahoma is a great team. Do they have that in them? I think they're a, a better team this year. What level of good, we don't know. I do think we'll get more answers this week than we have thus far because of the environment. And, again, I know everybody looks at, man, Miami of Ohio, really? But I still think Cincinnati has got some ability, and uh, particularly Brent talking about how tough it's going to be in the trenches. But you cannot go and bumble and stumble – let Emory Jones, you know, elude the rush and find a receiver way downfield behind the secondary. Some of the stuff that happened a year ago, you know, not making a good throw on third or fourth down. The Sooners have been great. They've been great. Best in the country uh, in their conversion rate. But those things that happened a year ago cannot resurface uh, if you want the Sooners to really get back. I think they're going to go win the football game. But I am, uh, I'm interested to see if they face some adversity and they did against SMU somewhat. You know, SMU got within three in the fourth quarter, and the Sooners dominated the rest of the game. Made plays on both sides. Can they do that in a hostile environment at Cincinnati if they face some adversity coming up Saturday? Can't wait to see what the answer is going to be. All right, 405-651-3439, hour number one, is always brought to you by last Year Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. We're just getting warmed up. What do you guys think? What's your level of concern for Cincinnati right now? What's your level of concern and what makes you believe, again, that this Sooners team is much better equipped to not deal with the same issues they had a year ago? We'll take your responses on the Meyer Chevrolet text line coming up next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Back with you, Wednesday edition, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, here in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network, 405. Six five one thirty four thirty nine Knippel Meyer Chevrolet text line. Danny Okoye tonight six thirty, expected to commit to the University of Oklahoma. That would move the Sooners up to number seven in the two four seven composite rankings. Number five in rivals, uh, and then you still have Brent uh, Grant, Bricks, Michael Boganowski. You have Daniel Akinkunmi out there. David Jordan's is out there. I guess long shot Eddie Pierre Louise. Uh, long shots, you might, I don't know if you believe in long shots, Terry Bussey or Jordan Seaton or somebody like that, but the Sooners are trying to put the frosting on the cake here down the stretch. The cake looks pretty good so far. Um, and Parker, I guess, what would you say the ceiling would be for Oklahoma, let's say? If you realistically look at, let's say they get they get a Koye tonight, which is expected. They beat out uh, Nebraska maybe K-State, still a factor for Bricks. They beat out uh, K-State, you know, Michael Boganowski, uh, you think they're going to get Akin Kunmi, uh probably Devin Jordan. What? Do you, how, how high do you think this class can go?
1: Well, I think it's top three if they flip williams Yeah That's really what it boils down yeah. to for me. That has the potential to send Oklahoma soaring into the national top three. But absent Winery in this class, I would say they're still top five. I would put them probably right at number five. Right now, I think the schools that are going to have the top three classes in the country are going to be Georgia, Ohio State, and Texas,
0: unless Oklahoma flips one area. Yeah. So feel good about Okoye tonight, committing to the Sooners. Uh, feel good about Akin Me making his commitment eventually, the offensive lineman, the big old lineman from London, uh, making his commitment to Oklahoma. Uh, Bricks, Boganowski, Jordan, how do you classify those three? Sooners, good shots. Uh, what do you say on that trio with, uh, because again, Akoye and Akankumi, you're figuring, oh, you, oh, oh you for both. Certainly. Bricks, Boganowski, and Jordan.
1: Yeah, well, I think they get Devin Jordan, end of the day. I think he's in the class. With Bricks and Boganowski. the timeline is what probably dictates where those two end up, because, Uh, And I've mentioned this before, the longer the process drags out for those two, the more likely it is that they just stay close to home. So Bricks then would in all likelihood end up at Nebraska, and Boganowski would end up at Kansas State. So if you're Oklahoma, man, it's it's crunch time, it's closing time, because you don't want these to drag out all the way to or at least close to National Signing Day.
0: Yeah, yeah, there you go. But Danny Okoye expected to make his commitment to Oklahoma tonight uh, a little after 630. So Sooner fans will be celebrating. Okay, 405-651-3439. Yes, we're going to get to Shoe and his paranoia next segment, but let's get as many texts in as we can. 405-651-3439. What if all the texts are about Shoe and his paranoia? Well, then we'll just jump into Shoe and his paranoia. Oh,
1: fantastic. Cherokee Sooner. Five star texter says, "With the improvement this team has made, we should be five and zero going into the Red River Ruckus. That's a new one. Cincinnati will be a good test for our offensive line and our running backs. Looking forward to seeing how the run game goes."
0: Yeah, Cincinnati's strong up front. Everybody's talking about the Godfather, Dante Corleone, and uh, you know. But look, you're Oklahoma. Go reestablish yourself. You've done a nice job through three games. Clearly, you're a better football team. We don't know how much better yet, but they're a better football team than they were a year ago. But it's going to be, again, how they respond with games on the line when, you know, you get a little bit nervous. And Cincinnati's going to make some plays. There's no doubt Cincinnati's going to make some plays uh, in this matchup. And the Sooners might have some three and outs here and there. Uh, You know, but can you step up with the game on the line when you've got to make those plays? And they couldn't do it a year ago. They just couldn't do it enough times a year ago. uh, And those games end up slipping away. But I do think that uh, the Sooners are well-equipped to get it done. Uh, Injury situation, DeSan McCullough is going to be back. We know that there are other uh, injuries that the Sooners are dealing with. Uh, Probably going to see, would you think, Caden Green playing at that guard spot? If we saw more of Caden Green, I would not be upset.
1: Would not be upset. Same could be said of Jacob Sexton. Yeah. I think both those guys, honestly, are good enough that they could be starting right now. But they're in a situation where there's just there's enough depth on the offensive line at Oklahoma that they don't have an immediate path to a clear-cut starting role. Uh, obviously, though, based on what we saw last week, and there is going to be an effort to get those guys involved, if only as contingency plans. And Green, in particular, gives you a ton of versatility. Yeah. Because he can play pretty much anywhere on the line, and you know he's going to be willing to play pretty much anywhere on the line. Chickens918 says, Great way to pass the time driving to Dallas is listening to the Ref app. No Ted Roof talk in a while. Nice. Ted Roof, mm-hmm. for better or worse, Yes, is the long snapper of this coaching staff. How you know he's doing his job is
0: you don't hear his name. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, Ted Roof was, like I said, when people were playing the blame game last year, it was Ted Roof or the three-man front or a combination of, and that's how we put the group together. It was Ted Roof and the three-man front. But not many mentions so far. Not many mentions at all. All right, Reggie Pearson Jr., uh, a little bit banged up. The Sooners again. Gentry Williams going to be all right. We'll see. Uh, R. Mason Thomas, we'll see Brent really didn't go into great depth there. We know what's going on with Justin Harrington. If he comes back, it wouldn't be until later in the year. Maybe not. Maybe he'll get a medical red shirt. That decision hasn't been made yet. But we'll also see, uh, you know, what Oklahoma looks like health-wise. Reggie Pearson Jr. is a tough kid. I would imagine he'll try and give it a go. From the 402,
1: Parker, would you agree that on Saturday the O-line played its best ball when Big Sexy and Mean Green went in on the left side? I, I I don't know if I had enough of a. Here's here's the thing, oftentimes, the offensive line in particular is one group that I admittedly don't get outstanding real time insight on because I'm watching the game through a camera lens. So, offensive line play is something where I generally have to go back, rewatch the game, really study it in detail to make a judgment on how well the offensive line played you know some days it's easy to make those judgments because the holes are enormous and the running backs are galloping for 25 30 yards a carry on a regular basis so sometimes it's often not difficult to tell when Oklahoma's offensive line is playing really 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 well but when they're not playing really 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 well I'm typically not the one to ask how well did they actually play Yeah. You know, Gabe Eichert is excellent at this because obviously he was he was an offensive lineman. And so uh, he and Teddy with their insights on the game, uh, the offensive line group is uh, one that uh, they do a tremendous job of breaking down. But all in all, from what I saw, from what I could tell in real time on Saturday, there was some meat left on the bone, regardless of what that offensive line grouping look like
0: see so far in the running game uh, not enough chunk plays Uh, Marcus Majors only carry last week I think he ripped off a 25 yarder and it was Walter Rouse who held on the play I think it was but they've got to be better they've got to be better in the run game and normally Bill Biedenboe's lines get better as the year goes on but they're going to have to uh, be very physical and match up against Cincinnati because that'll be one of the better defensive lines they'll play all season yeah I think you're right I, here's my go-to deal. Uh, if you want the – I mean, we give opinions, and I think we we watch enough that we know enough, and certainly the history of Oklahoma football as well. But if you want the X's and O's stuff, you go to Teddy, you go to Gabe, you go to somebody like that that's been there, done that, right? That's why, you know, when Teddy speaks, I'm like, all right, there's, that's basically the burning bush of the station speaking when it comes to X's and O's. <laughs> And uh, Gabe breaks down the offensive line, does a nice job on the Oklahoma breakdown and everything else as well. But, yeah, you don't want some media yahoo telling you, you know, about X's and O's. They can give you opinions, but they can give you only so much on X's and O's. And I know, I'm a media yahoo. Okay, 405-651-3439, Chevrolet text line. More texts on the way. We'll talk recruiting and the paranoia of Mule Shule. Is now out there on the West Coast. Expect any different? Nope. Be right back. All right, Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, this Saturday night, another chance for you to win a share of $50,000 in cash and bonus play. The 50K Harvest winnings, promotional drawings uh, continue out at Riverwind Casino. We told you about all the great shows and the uh, new ones they added, including Justin Moore, November 18th, and Joe Coy, the comedian, January 27th. Uh, coming up again at the Showplace Theater, we just had shows from REO Speedwagon in Chicago. Uh, we also have Joe Nichols and Tyler Farr coming up this Friday night. Another great show. Then uh, Foreigner to start October, followed by Carly Pierce. You have Rodney Carrington with the show in October. Aaron Lewis, Flatland Cavalry, Lee Bryce on the way. Boys to Men on the way. The Showplace Theater is back. It is back big time. And we have one more Beats and Bite show scheduled for october 22nd that'll be a nice night to get outdoors get out under the uh, moonlight enjoy some great food trucks they've got arts and crafts games for the kids at beats and bites 2023 one more show for the fall, the Gin Blossoms and Tonic, they were originally scheduled back in June, June 10th, but they're coming back. They got weathered out. They're back. And, again, they'll be on the Coop Works Beats and Bites stage coming up October 22nd. You can get your tickets online at riverwind.com, or if you're at the casino, just stop by the Showplace Theater box office. All right. Sooners were 3-0 and a year ago. Remember, everybody was, man, Oklahoma's not going anywhere. Did you see what they did to Nebraska? And then um, the sad trombone came right after that. Wah, wah, wah. Kansas State, third and 16. Adrian Martinez, TCU, dirty hit on Dale, uh, Dylan Gabriel from Jamoy Hodge. Sooners lost Billy Bowman. And all of a sudden, there's another loss. The debacle in Dallas turns into a six and seven. So. Danny Stutzman, who's clearly the leader of this football team along with Dylan Gabriel, reminding his teammates this week where they were last year. They were in the same spot a year ago. I mean, you know, we, we were kind of in the same situation though, last year. And so those older guys, we kind
1: of know like what it looks like, you know. And so we kind of had those growing pains. We don't, you know, we don't want to repeat that. So we kind of just tell the young guys that haven't really experienced that what it looks like. And at the end of the day, 3 0 doesn't mean anything. They're coming this week 0 0. It's the type of mentality they got to have. I mean, you know, if you if you don't say anything, then
0: the same thing happens again. So, you just kind of have to – don't let uh, history repeat itself. Danny Stutzman playing at an All-American level right now. Yes. There's no doubt. Without question. He's been fantastic. He got the pick six last week. He has just been uh, – he's been amazing. And, again, you can talk about eh, the level of competition. Arkansas State's an F. SMU's a C-plus. Tulsa – D, but uh, still, just the way he's gone out there and not only made these plays, but clearly been the vocal leader of that defense. And really, uh, you know, the football team, I think Danny Stutzman is playing just an unbelievable, uh, at an unbelievable level right now. I'm about to segue this so
1: hard. You ready? You you, You know what Danny Stutzman is? What is he? He is Brian Odom's legacy at the University of Oklahoma. Brian Odom got Danny Stutzman to commit to the University of Oklahoma without ever taking a visit. It was during COVID. They were doing virtual visits. They were giving Zoom presentations to prospective student-athletes. Danny Stutzman, before he had ever set foot in the state of Oklahoma, was committed to play football at the University of Oklahoma, which speaks volumes of Brian Odom, who is unfortunately – in purgatory at the moment. That's right. Out in Los
0: Angeles working for the hypochondriac in his mule shoe. Does he get to talk to the media? Brian Odom, do you think there's a muzzle on him? Oh <laughs> well, gosh. I Okay, so we were we were all standing around at the media
1: availability last night for Oklahoma. When it's, the story came out. Uh just just remarking about what a wonderful time it is to be covering Oklahoma football as compared to two, three years ago.
0: Who's the dude who came back at your tweet like, way to make it about yourself? I don't know. Like, some clown from Durant. What, I mean, but, dude, shut up. I, I just saw that, and I thought, should I respond to this? And I thought, no, because I don't want to get in a firestorm. I don't like Twitter firestorms. I don't. But so you were telling the story about you were up before the Gaylord Journalism School yep. disaster Of 2021. This is four years prior. All right. For those who didn't see your tweet, the story was. Okay. So, as some of you know,
1: across Asp Avenue from the practice field, there is the journalism building at the University of Oklahoma, Gillard Hall. And on the third floor, there is a balcony that looks out towards the practice field. And you can see most of the practice field from that balcony. And so, when Oklahoma is practicing, out on the practice field. Honestly, if you just wanted to go post up on the third floor balcony, you'd be able to see all of what goes on. But obviously, no one really does that because everybody's got enough respect for the OU football program to kind of keep their distance. It it all kind of blew up in a firestorm in October of 2021 because a couple of reporters from the OU Daily went up there to chart snaps when there was the quarterback controversy between Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams. But 2017 Steely I'm up there with a the video camera I, my purpose in having that video camera out on the balcony was completely unrelated to football. We were setting up for a pregame show the next morning. I forget who Oklahoma was supposed to play that uh, that following Saturday, but I'm up there getting stuff set sa- this camera is not even oriented towards the practice
0: you're program. basically blocking shots for your pregame show pretty much
1: yes. Yes, for those that are familiar with broadcast terminology, that's what it amounts to. The camera is not oriented towards the practice field whatsoever. And one of Shoes' cronies yells up at me, Hey! Hey! That camera needs to go away! And I kind of ignored it at first, just acted like he wasn't talking to me. Because I'm like, okay, like what, what, what even is this? He continues trying to get my attention. Hey! That camera needs to go away. And so I kind of gesture to indicate that, hey, like, we're not filming practice up here. Mm -hmm. This is not related to anything pertaining to what OU football is doing. And I get the same, same message. The camera needs (laughs) to go away. And so I kind of throw my hands up because I'm annoyed at this point. Mm -hmm. So basically, I'm like, "What? are you serious here? and he and he goes it needs to go away completely take it inside look and so i look i wasn't about to fight yeah. that battle and he didn't have a reputation yet at that point mm-hmm. mule shoe we right. didn't know how par- paranoid he was we found out over the next 4 years especially with stuff like frosting the windows at the residence hall to obstruct any <sighs> possible view of the practice field but That was my first experience with his
0: very neurotic policies. Mule shoe is a sack of uh, feces, (laughs) and we know that now. But, look, football coaches by nature are easily the most paranoid out there in the coaching realm. There's no doubt. And, look, there have been a few spying incidents. OU involved in a spying incident. Jeff Lebby was accused of spying on the OU sideline. Way back in the day. Art Bryle had to apologize for that. And then you had uh, the food poisoning deal. I mean, some strange stuff can happen. But for the most part, I mean, I, I guess they think it's like the the old Cold War. The Soviet spies are up there. And, oh, my gosh, you know, they're getting our plays. And for those that are unfamiliar with
1: what we're talking about, yesterday, Mule Shoe and USC decided to suspend a reporter. For two weeks, they de- decided to suspend his access to the football program for two weeks and cited violations of the university's media access
0: policies. Okay, and some and- people, the, 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 uh, the devil's advocates will say, well, if there was a policy in place, and he broke the policy, but what is Muleshoe's policy is he doesn't want you around, basically. <laughs> That's it. He's a son of a bitch. And you know, he doesn't want you to have access to the players any more than you can get. He doesn't want hardly anybody to have access to him unless those people can benefit him. And of course stooge he got in the video, Graham Benzinger or whatever. uh So he could weave another one of his, you know, fictional tales. He is a weird dude. He is also probably an offensive genius. I hate to put no, he a genius. Is. Like
1: we can, we can for a football that.
0: coach. I mean, they're not Albert Einstein or you know Oppenheimer or Michelangelo. But in terms of football genius, he probably is at designing and calling yes, plays. No, he's a genius. But he's who's also con- a he's just a weird dude.
1: Well, he's a genius who's convinced that his genius will be compromised if anybody, yeah, anybody can get an inside look at what he's drawing up. Yeah. And what he's running on the practice field. And apparently, of course, he, he's getting grilled at his media availability last night because this is hours after the announcement of the suspension for the reporter, mm-hmm. which I've – I, I don't know, Steele. You've been in this business longer than I have. Have you ever heard of such a thing, a suspension for a reporter? Now, I, I, there are instances – Then there have been instances where a reporter's basically gotten blacklisted, right? Like, if you're – if you're legitimately messing around, breaking rules and skirting regulations, you'll get cut off. But they're not like, hey, come back in two weeks. They're like, nope, you're done here.
0: I mean, I uh, there was a time when I came back to uh, this market. And uh, this was a long, long time ago in a galaxy very far away. We're talking almost 30 years. And met with some people. And there was a there was a host who was saying a lot of bad things about OU. And I was at this meeting having lunch and they wanted to talk to me and they said, we may deny total access unless this guy, you know, Uh changes his tune. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not the station manager. I'm not his boss. You know, they were kind of like, can you nudge him in a different direction? And, I didn't, you know, and I didn't say that I, I wouldn't, but I kind of said it was really strange, to be well, honest with you. Because it felt like one of those meetings where it's kind of like, and like I said, Joe C. wasn't near being, this was a long time ago. But basically the notion was, can you help us steer this guy and tell him to quit being so difficult? Yeah. And it's one thing and if you mm, I don't know if I can do that. I, you know, it's just not, I'm just a host You know, I'm not his boss. Yeah, and if you are brazenly
1: slandering the program, that is one thing. Yeah. All this reporter did was share an anecdote based on a conversation he overheard uh, shortly before these two players were going to step up to the podium for their media availabilities. And apparently, Muleshoe flipped out over that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's just so paranoid. I Just...
1: He's just a weird dude. He really is. And the most hilarious thing was, you know, he's there getting grilled at his media availability last night, and they're asking him, what specific policies did this reporter break? And he's like, there there were multiple, but I'm not going to go into specifics on that.
0: I might buy a Colorado hoodie and do some backflips if Dion beats Mule Shoe. Dion, look, I'm so hot and cold on Dion one minute. Man, Dion's driving me crazy. And I know he's a man of God. I respect that. But what he said yesterday. Uh, was awesome. I love what he said about Henry Blackburn. I thought that was great. But please, somehow, some way, I think they'll get beat probably by at least 14 points at Oregon. But if they could somehow come and see that crowd rush the field and like run over Mule Shoe in the process, no fatalities, of course, maybe just a slight injury, that would make my college football season right there. Yes, I am that petty. 100%. All right. Break time right here. Let's get back to the text line. 405 651 Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. The, there was so much to talk about there. We actually went over our, our allotted break time. But you know what? It was worth it. All right. Stay with us. Coming right back here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right. Let's get ready. For as many texts as we can get to, and again, uh, Danny Okoye, commitment tonight, six thirty, and it's expected to be the University of Oklahoma again, which would move Oklahoma up to number five in the rivals rankings and uh, move them up to number seven from number nine, number nine in the two four seven composite rankings. So, big news expected for the Sooners in the uh, form of a Danny Okoye commitment coming up. Uh, looks like tonight again, six thirty for OU. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. I don't know what it is, but, man, I cannot shake. I have felt really bad since Saturday when I had to leave the pregame show, and it's very bizarre because I keep thinking, all right, and then I get up half the day. I'm like, man, okay, I think this stuff is gone, and then it's back again. It will not leave. It is not. It's just when I think I'm out. They hold <laughs> me back in. It's like – you see me over here, Parker. I'm like, just like, eh, you, it's ridiculous. I don't get it. Maybe I should like see a doctor or something. I don't know. Maybe. He might just say, the, well, the prognosis is you're old and you don't exercise and you eat hostess products. So. Wait, I thought you and hostess were done. We did break up. We did break up. But, you know, I had a good solid year run with hostess again. So that's uh-uh. probably still affecting me in some way. All right, you want to get some more texts in before we wrap up hour number one?
1: Yeah, let's get some more texts. Let's do it. Um, (laughs) Gunner from Grove says, Muleshoe tries to block media members in an attempt to hide the fact that he is not actually an offensive genius because he stole Coach Klein's playbook. Mm, There you go. Uh, From the 405, this is Riley's cowardly attempt at an I'm a man, I'm 40 moment. Gundy owned it. Riley hides behind the policies that nobody really knows about. They asked him to elaborate on the other violations of the policies, and he won't say what they actually were because there weren't any.
0: Mule shoes that guy, like, who's really bright and pretty good at his job for the most part, but you're walking around the office and you just think, I don't trust that dude at all. He's conniving. He lies. He backstabs. He's the guy in the office that... You know, also somehow, some way, stays in good with the boss, but then they finally find out. You know what? This guy was a real problem. And just to shed some light on how these things go, as to some of
1: the stuff that this particular reporter was accused of mm-hmm. by Muleshoe and USC. And every so often, after a press conference, let's say Brent Venables answers his last question, he's walking off the podium. Uh, one, g- generally, one of the elder statesmen on the beat, an Eric Bailey, a Barry Trammell, a John Hoover, they'll go and they'll ask Brent another question with their tape recorders as he's walking off. It's just something that happens. You know, nobody really bats an eye about it. Uh, but apparently, this reporter had dared to ask a quote unquote walk off question to a couple USC players at one point. Uh, apparently he'd – and this is per a story that I read this morning, a column from the sports editor or lead sports reporter at the Orange County Register, which is where this particular reporter works for. He said apparently this reporter had sent emails introducing himself because he's new to the beat, Mm -hmm. introducing himself to members of the USC athletic department, and somehow that was frowned upon. I'm trying to think what else. Basically – a lot of what the USC program alleged were violations by this reporter were actually just time-honored things that reporters do in and around press conferences. So he sent an
0: email like to some of the assistant coaches and probably Mule Shoe and said, hey, I'm so-and-so, I'm new here, I, here's my number, uh, you know, and I'm going to be around looking forward to it or whatever. Looking forward to meeting you. And they said, no. Yeah. Don't do that. And
1: I guess maybe he had some casual conversations with players as they were just kind of standing around after practice, which happens, right? Like, I'll give you a perfect example. I I obviously covered Robert Spears Jennings as a recruit and got to know him quite well. Anytime he sees me at practice, he'll come over, shake my hand, we'll shoot the breeze for a few seconds. You know, it's never anything extensive, but, you know, you see somebody you know, you talk to him, you're cordial with mm-hmm. him.
0: Yeah, and I get that. And for you, you build relationships with these kids before they get to OU, you know. In many circumstances, now if he's really trying to get information during practice, or say, man, what do you think? You know, that's that's kind of over out of bounds a little bit. But if it's just a casual conversation, no, I I, I don't know. But you know, the university's Switzer's era was a lot more open, man. And look, Brandon, what OU's doing right now. Man, standing ovation. There are so many media availabilities. Mike Houck and the folks over at OU, you talk about an open door and getting access. Bravo. All right, we got a break. Hour number two on the way. Keep it here on The Ref. And we're talking mainly Sooners, of course. Hour number two, presented by Oklahoma Generator. We appreciate them for being our second hour sponsor. Coming aboard with us, thank you very much. OKGen.com. Called them up at 405-321-6631. They're family-owned and operated. They pride themselves on tremendous customer service. They're Oklahoma's most experienced service and sales staff in that area. They're the highest-rated and longest-operating Generac dealer. Currently offering uh, new customer discounts and a free 10-year warranty with new installations. Oklahoma Generator, check them out at okgen.com or call 405-321-6631. All right, Sooners and Cincinnati, Saturday, 11 a.m., Fox will cover it. And again, Oklahoma's a two-touchdown favorite in this matchup. Let's hear from Brent Venables. You know, a lot of people are saying, I don't know, some luster. I don't know how much luster was on this game already, but some of it certainly went away with the Bearcats' loss to Miami of Ohio in overtime last week. But Brent Venable said the other day, you know what? Still a pretty good football team they're playing, and don't you undersell Cincinnati.
2: They got really good players. Um, They're big, they're strong, they're physical, and, again, they're relentless. Love the way they play, Uh, you know, just as a – Admire of good football; uh, those guys uh, get it done. And uh, so, again, it's going to be a challenge mentally, physically. Uh, you know, four hours uh, of challenge, and uh, they've had great success at putting pressure on a quarterback. Some of it relates to, to the sacks, and some of it's just pressure, you know, and disruption in the run game. And uh, so, you know, uh, they're going to make some of their plays. That's just part of the game. You know, you're not going to keep them from uh you know uh, making some plays and we just got to keep them at a minimum and uh this is a game of matchups and uh this is not a game of potential and this is not a game of talking we're gonna have to be doing it and uh a great great opportunity for our guys Uh, one that you know i know they're gonna look forward to
0: there you go all right um So you look at the Sooners' schedule, and we talked about, man, one of the reasons why the Sooners, you know, have a great chance to go out and win double-digit games is that schedule is not very formidable. And uh, so far, again, Oklahoma's – Uh, They dominated Arkansas State 73 to nothing. SMU got within three points, 14 to 11, to start the fourth quarter. The Sooners uh, dominated the rest of that game, win 28 to 11, end up covering the spread, and they went handily over Tulsa by 49 points and easily covered last week. So so far, so good for the Sooners. But you look at this schedule, how has it changed, Parker? Uh, Cincinnati. You know, we, we thought, all right, Luke Fickles moved on to Wisconsin. Scott Satterfield was at Louisville, did a pretty decent job. But probably they're not going to be as good. And with the loss to Miami of Ohio last week, people are saying, well, there you go. But I still think this is maybe a little bit more challenging game than we thought initially. What do you think before the season began? I don't, I don't know if my feelings have
1: changed, really. My feelings are still, okay, this is this is a game that the 2022 Sooners would have been more than capable of losing, but this is a game that the 2023 Sooners probably win handily by multiple possessions. So, yeah, my opinion on Cincinnati as a football team really hasn't changed. I expect them to be bowl eligible, but barely so. Mm-hmm. I think six to eight wins for this program in the Big 12, year one in the Big 12 for them. And, yeah, I... Again, I think that if they play their game, if they minimize mistakes, if they win the turnover battle, this is a team that can give Oklahoma problems. But the thing is, are the Sooners this year going to be – are they going to have that same propensity to let Cincinnati accomplish those things that are necessary to keep them in the football game and potentially win as the
0: Sooners' predecessors from last year would have? Yeah, you got signs – uh, last year during games, man, it looks like the bow has a chance to break here. Is that? It's, does the bow break? Is that a? Is that like? I, <laughs> sure, yeah, piratology well, or something. But it it always broke. It seemed like right, and the floodgates were open every time when you got that feeling for OU. Uh, the Iowa State game easier than expected. Not people thought that was a challenge. Texas is going to be interesting. How good is Texas? I know people, well, Alabama stinks. But it's still a win in Tuscaloosa. And, yes, Wyoming had them uh, tied up in the fourth quarter at DKR last week. UCF, probably a little bit tougher than expected. Kansas, probably a little bit tougher than expected. OSU, eh, at last Bedlam game for a long, long time in football. Maybe ever. Who knows? But Oklahoma State is horrible right now. Uh, West Virginia, They won the backyard brawl, but you're playing them at home. Yeah, that shouldn't be much of a challenge. BYU. BYU out in Provo. And people are thinking, you know, that's going to be maybe a challenge, but they went to Fayetteville and beat Arkansas.
1: Yeah, well, and I think heading into the season, Steely, if you asked anybody, if you asked anybody that had really studied the Big 12, what these programs were bringing back, uh, how they projected heading into the 2023 season, if you asked just about anybody who was well-read what the three toughest games on Oklahoma's schedule would have been, I feel like most would have said Oklahoma, or I'm sorry, Texas, Kansas, and then take your pick, BYU or TCU. Mm-hmm. Those two. Yeah. And I, I that's still about where I'm at. I think Texas and Kansas are by far the two toughest games you're going to, two toughest opponents you're going to face. And then... Now, there's, there's a lot yet to be determined. I'm not exactly sure we have a great gauge on how good BYU is or how good TCU is, but objectively those two programs are going to be above average Yeah, at the very least.
0: BYU, though, that was a nice win uh, over the Hogs, no doubt about it. So uh, it'll be interesting. Kansas, again, Lance Leipold's just a heck of a football coach. And I know their defense wasn't hardly anything a year ago, but they've got some reinforcements there. They're a little bit better on that side of the football. They keep Daniels healthy, then uh, they're, they're going to be a problem in uh, in lawrence it'll be tough uh kansas or kansas state k-state not on the schedule of course because k-state is the sooner's kryptonite it has been in the big 12 for a while so they've got some injury issues right now at k-state though so, yeah they're so, a banged up yeah, football they, team. they really are banged
1: up football team we have a listener up in green country okay. going behind enemy lines for us yes he says i was listening to the bear cats on the prowl podcast And they were saying that both of our starting defensive ends were out with season-ending injuries. Hmm. Boy, did did Rondell Bothroyd and Ethan Downs both need their gallbladders removed earlier this week or something? Because if
0: so, I missed that. Are they thinking of Justin Harrington? Is that it? I mean, he's not a defensive end, clearly. But I don't know. I don't know where they're getting that information. During the Muleshoe era, that could have happened because Muleshoe – Very secretive. Very, very. He might be a Russian spy. He could be working for Putin. He's that secretive. I wouldn't put it past him to be a communist. I'm just saying. You know, I used to like it back in the day. Coach Switzer, you got what you got from Barry, by God, Switzer. I mean, you got what you got. Real deal. You'd have to guess. You know what Switzer was all about. Brent, very passionate. Yeah, you know, some people think maybe at times he can be a little bit preachy. Okay, but that's a very, very, very minuscule amount. But you see, what you see, I think, is what you get with Brent Venables. Howard Schnellenberger, what you saw was an aging buffoon, but you knew what it was. <laughs> Gary Gibbs, very bright, defensive coordinator, great defensive mind, uh, put in a tough spot. But Gary Gibbs, you knew what you had there. With Muleshoe. I have no idea what this guy's all about other than – Paranoia and lies, and a really good offensive mind for football. You know, do you get that feeling? I what I want is I want the Howard Schnellenberger
1: version, the Howard Schnellenberger defense of suspending a reporter.
0: team policy. suspended ass. That's probably how it would have gone down. Howard's deal was he decided he wasn't going to give the players water. You know, he was going to go all junction boys, Bear Bryant at Texas A&M on those guys, and he ended up in a deposition for a kid he nearly killed because of that, which that's how Howard, uh, he won a national championship. He won Dr. Tom, if Tom Osborne would have kicked the extra points in that orange bowl instead of going for two. Nebraska probably at least shares the national championship, wins it, and Howard Schnellenberger never winds up at the University of Oklahoma, even if it was one for one season. So,
1: what would have happened? I mean, I wasn't alive back then. So that, that game would have ended in a tie, right? Yes, it would have ended in a tie. Yeah, I mean, if they and make the they extra have, point, yes, yeah. Would like do they split the national title at that point?
0: There have been some split national titles back in the day. Oh well, yeah, like. But-
1: I mean, USC won the coaches' poll mm-hmm. national title in, what, 3 mm-hmm. When LSU and Oklahoma split it in the AP?
0: Yep. So you got, uh, you know, but I can still see Turner Gill rolling out, throws, throws it behind Jeff Smith, and Howard Schnellenberger's got a national championship. The triplets, that was supposed to be one of the great Nebraska. It was. Turner Gill, Mike Rozier, Irving Fryer, but they couldn't get it done. And then, But Dr. Tom eventually would win three national titles. Right. Squirrel and Norman
1: on the text line asks, Any possibility that Muleshoe has found that USC doesn't get the national press that he was used to receiving at OU and now has resorted to creating
0: headlines by whining about dumb stuff? <laughs> That's an interesting theory. What do you think? Do you buy into that at all? I mean,
1: it wouldn't shock me if Mule Shoes beginning to find out that people don't care about college football in Los Angeles mm-hmm.
0: because they don't. Their setup there is horrible, by the way. You know, just the setup even outdoors with the reporters and their press conference audio, not that anybody, nobody in the audience cares. But it's, it's really rookie league. It's all so bad. And USC is one of the great programs in the history of college football, and that's the best you can do. Horrible. Amateur. And it's amateur hour. Okay. Are we getting Okoye? My belief is that yes. Danny Okoye will be a Sooner tonight. Caleb from the 580 wants to know. Wants to know. 6.30 tonight. Uh, Brandon Drum going to be there?
1: Uh, I, don't, I don't know if Brandon. I think
0: at the very least our man Brian Clinton is going to be there. Brian Clinton? Have I met Brian Clinton? I don't know if you've met Brian Tell Clinton. Tell him to take the stick, Mike. Okay. Tell him to stick it right in front of Danny Okoye. None of the none of the uh, the other mic, the crowd mic, or whatever the other mic's called. Okay. I got you. And just tell him, you can do this with the stick mic. You can ask your question and then point it at Danny Okoye. So we'll have fantastic audio tomorrow. How about that? I love it. I need Parker Thune quality level audio. Because you spoiled me once that mic came around. I'm like. Finally, we got some good audio, like really good stuff that everybody's like, Steely obsesses about this stuff. You're right, I do. Everything you do should be good quality. All right. Then again, I don't know. Am I doing good quality? Probably not. I'm trying. All right, 405-651-3439. Coming back to more of your texts. What a weekend we have ahead in college football, and Dion won me over yesterday. We'll talk about that more when we get back right here on The Ref. It's the Mule Shoe Anthem, Steely. Paranoid, yeah, pretty good. A very young Ozzy comes in here. That is still... A great album. Paranoid Unity album. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. That was the first Sabbath song I ever heard back in high school. I was like, okay, we can roll with this. It's about 2 minutes and 15 seconds, too. It's really short, but it's good. All right, 405-651-3439, Chevrolet text line. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm part of the olds group, but you know what? I can still see clearly as we age, and believe me, I'm aging at a rapid rate, Cataract surgery often is inevitable. It's not just about uh, restoring your sight. It's also about your quality of life, right? Upgrading your quality of life. So it's time, again, unfortunately for you, if you're thinking about it's time for cataract surgery, you have one crucial decision really that can affect your eyesight for the rest of your life, and that choice is between a standard lens, which oftentimes requires you to Rely on those reading old band glasses, even after surgery, or you can get a premium lens. Consider panoptics, vividity, or a light-adjustable lens, the leading choices that can provide uh, crystal-clear vision. And you won't have to worry about those glasses. So if you want to see far, you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. They are the very best. Dr. Bellardo and company, appreciate having them aboard, as always. Okay, 405 651 3439, Ken Ippelmeyer, Chevrolet Textline. Sooner Steve from Tulsa says the only thing I miss about Schnelly is his mispronunciation of the opponents. Steely, you're <laughs> gonna have to do these in the Schnelly voice. I don't remember him doing that. I just remember the time that when I knew there was trouble, I was at a press conference. They were getting ready to play San Diego State. Howard, can you talk about your opponent this week? Well, certainly we're um, <laughs> We're looking forward to getting out and playing somebody else. And, uh, as we get ready for, and he's looking around like <clears throat> San Diego State. As we get ready for San Diego, we'll be ready. That's basically how it went down. It was, did this?
1: Did this really? Like as Steve has this whole list of what
0: Howard allegedly called the other teams in the Big 12. I don't remember that, Sooner Steve. but you may be right. Maybe they quizzed him on it one time. Nebraska, Red
1: Huskies, Iowa State, Cyclonics, (laughs) Oklahoma State, Orange Horsemen, Kansas State, Purple Lions, Kansas, Blue Hawks, Colorado, Golden Bison, Texas, Horns of Texas. Texas
0: Tech, Red Pirates. Maybe at some point Howard said that, I don't know. But uh, what a year that was. That was a year where you only, all you could do is rely on comic relief. That was it. It started out in a blaze of glory, and it ended up as a dumpster fire. Was it ever a
1: blaze of glory, though? Like I mean, It was, it was looked, a blaze. They
0: looked pretty good. And then, you know, who came to town? And Howard said, we're going to kick their ass. Whoever we'll plays quarterback. Because uh, Detmer was hurt, so they brought John Hessler the start of the game. And Howard said, doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. We'll kick their ass. And did they? No. They got theirs kicked. Oh, okay. Huh. And that was the beginning of the end. I could hear Jim Morrison in the doors in my mind at that point Colin kc says guys the trip to tulsa was
1: such a hit with my fiance she begged to go to a game in norman so we're driving down for the iowa state game see y'all there
0: there you go all right yo pablo and balfour of norman before the game all right right there on campus corner and then o'connell's the legendary o'connell's after the game Big Rich in OKC says
1: Howard also compared to Eric Moore to Jim Kelly.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember that 100%. Probably further along right now than the <laughs> Kelly Kozar Miami. That's where he is. I think he threw Bernie Kozar out there also. Really? Yeah.
1: Uh, gosh, I forgot about this. Howard's only year was actually in the Big Eight. Would that have been the last year of the Big Eight?
0: 1995? Um, I th- what was the big... ninety? Uh, 90- what was the first year? I want to say 96 was the first year of you the know, Big 12. You'll have to Google it up. It's real close. Yeah, we don't make adjustments was another... Yeah, you know, We don't make adjustments. Although I've heard from numerous coaches, though, that half-time, halftime adjustments are overrated.
1: Okay, well, yeah, sure. Like halftime adjustments... But adjustments obviously. during adjustments the
0: game. Adjustments in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, you
1: have to make adjustments. I do
0: remember his first statement. He brought me here not to run a from I'll
1: give you an example of a guy not making adjustments right now. Mike Gundy. Mm-hmm. You want to make adjustments. Making adjustments is smart and wise.
0: Yeah. 405-651-3439, Myers chevrolet text line, and it's rolling. Reno Goat says, favorite memory of Howard was the player weigh-in in in tidy whities Okay, that was what it was. They had their signing day class, all right? And it was a different era back then. So Howard was going to do, well, he did the press conference on the signing day class. So I think they had like this big cardboard cutout or some kind of presentation. You would see like in a sales meeting, you know, back in the day, uh, on an easel, this big board, but they, maybe it was on the wall. So anyway, they had pictures of all of their signees. So they pull back the curtain, so to speak, and all of these dudes are in there in, like, boxer shorts with what looks like a mug shot turned sideways and straight to the camera in, their, in boxer shorts, recruiting, you know, and they pull it back. Like Kelly Gregg was in there in his boxer shorts, you know, looking straight ahead. It looks like a Polaroid shot. It was borderline creepy. No, that's not borderline, that's just creepy. Well, yeah, that was creepy. You're right. It was can you imagine that now? I was like, seriously? Jeez.
1: Uh, From the 918, I remember Howard mispronouncing the word ramparts as in the ramparts in the cotton
0: ball. Yeah, that's right. Did that happen? He compared, well, uh, he was at, I'm going to quit doing Schnellenberger. I'm going to wear my voice out. But uh, they asked him, you know, who do you think uh, great rivalries like Oklahoma-Texas would compare? The first one he brought up was Harvard and Yale. (laughs) Harvard and Yale. Mm Yes. Yes. Harvard. I'm telling you, it was it was
1: a crazy, crazy year. Uh Colin K C followed up and said, Steely, I have a trivia question for you. What teams played in the inaugural Big Twelve championship game in nineteen ninety
0: six? Oh wow. Was that K State and A M? Was that the K State? No, 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 no. Because that would have been right before. Um the uh that K State guys came to OU. That was it a wasn't partner. Oklahoma. I know that much. Who was it? You'd have to have Nebraska. It was it Nebraska, Texas? And Texas won where they threw the pass to the tight end? Was that it? That was in the middle
1: of Nebraska's dynastic run. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I figured Nebraska was
0: one team. Nebraska, Texas would be my guess. A regular season game.
1: oh regular season game inaugural big 12 regular season game
0: oh the first interesting thing. oh that i have no idea yeah i just i go just, ahead and let us know cole let us
1: know from the 405 i went to a roughneck recruiting meeting howard was supposed to speak to us his oc showed up and said <laughs> howard is drunk so i am here i have nothing prepared Oh, there's no way. Reno Goat says, "Was it Howard or
0: Blake that had the twister mat for special teams to stand on?" I am thinking that was I'm thinking that was Howard, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't they have like six games in a row where they got a punt blocked? I mean, it got comical.
1: Gosh, man! I'm to thinking it was the Howard. This year. program in the '90s. What did I miss out on?
0: It was it was like a year in Bizarro World. It was very very strange.
1: I got, I got on the scene twenty five years too late,
0: man. Jesse she says, "Did Howard ever build that obelisk? <laughs> the obelisk? That's when he had the uh, his press conference at FAU. Something about building an obelisk that'll rise above those mountains of George Washington. So very strange. Uh, maybe we have that Howard uh, press conference. Remember when Schnelly called O'Connell's, the lawn care company." called O'Connor's. Oh, called, yeah, O'Connor's. He used to call it O'Connor's every now and then, too, yeah, when he had a show there. All right, we got a break right here, 405-651-3439, meyer Chevrolet Text Line. I never expected to go down Howard Schnellenberger memory lane today, but I guess it's a Wednesday. People aren't people don't seem that worried about Cincinnati you for one you you think this is a done deal you are predicting the Sooners went to win like 63 to 14 aren't you I don't you? know if I go that far 42 to 14
1: 45 21
0: Ah okay I don't know maybe I'm just a little more worried than you are but I think they should win it though be right back All right, we are back, and again, uh, we're going to get locked in at 2 o'clock with Parker and Tyler McComas. they will be talking a lot about Danny Okoye and his commitment, which should be uh, for the University of Oklahoma tonight, right around 6.30. Riverwind Casino, get committed if you aren't already. Five-star. I'm talking about Riverwind. They've got over uh, – 2,900 electric games, nearly 3,000 now. The best games, the best bars and dining. When you talk about the River Buffet, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, Great Food Court, uh, the coupe Ale House Bar is Major League. Incredible hotel that is just spotless and really, really nice. Attached right there to the casino. Incredible service and promotions. All your favorite table games as well. They've got a Skyloft gaming area. They've got an Oasis gaming area now that's smoke-free. Great poker room. November 7 promotion is big time. You can earn up to $450 in one day. Get out there. Play with your wild card and uh, take part also in the weekend uh, drawing Saturday night. The uh, 50K Harvest Winnings promotional drawings again happening this Saturday night. And another big show at the Showplace Theater. On Friday with Joe Nichols and Tyler Farr, soon to come Foreigner, Carly Pierce, Rodney Carrington, Aaron Lewis, Flatland Cavalry, Lee Bryce, Justin Moore, Boys to Men, comedian Joe Coy, all happening at the Showplace Theater. And one more Beats and Bites show in October, coming up October 22nd. A little over a month out, the Gin Blossoms and Tonic on the Coop Works Beats and Bites stage. Tickets available at Riverwind.com and at the Casino Box Office. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Okay. Uh, 405-651-3439. What do we have, Parker? On the oh, here's, text here's line? a dandy of a text. Went to the
1: 95 CUOU game in Norman. Absolutely wasted by halftime. Told my buddy Alec that if Schnelly blows our halftime lead, I'm going to streak in the third quarter. The rest is history. Best $70 fine I ever paid. Boomer Sooner,
0: Sooner James, now in Muskego, Wisconsin. There you go, Sweet. So I'd See, I was I there at the game? I was there at the game. Was there a, spree- a streaker? I guess there was at some point. Maybe I was in the facility or something when that happened. But there you go, Sooner James. A little protest during the Schnelli era. From a listener here in the 405,
1: Parker, you really can't comprehend what you missed in the 90s. I often think at 69, nice, would it be worth reliving my life? The answer is no. I couldn't survive another John Blake era.
0: Yeah, that, that was a rough stretch. And uh, John Blake, very likable, affable dude. Just a really nice guy, but um, was more cut out to be a, an assistant coach, clearly, and a really good recruiter. Uh, may he rest in peace, but That was a valley. That was the biggest valley I can remember for center football. Um, You know, like I said, the illustration to me was, I remember being down on the field after Kansas came to Norman and beat Oklahoma pretty good. And uh, uh, Glenn Mason, who was then the coach at Kansas, walking off the field, and the OU fans are waiting for him. You know, he's going back through the tunnel to the locker room, and they're just ripping him. Nice job, Mason. A lot of class. Running up the score, you know. And... Kansas, the head coach at Kansas was being ripped apart by the OU fans for running up the score on the Sooners on the One Field. That's how that's what it was like.
1: (laughs) Cherokee Sooner says, Oh, the nineties. It's like the eighties ate the seventies and threw it back up. (laughs) Camo Sooner says, I was thirteen and was at the ninety five Colorado game. I remember the streaker.
0: There there you go. go, Camo Sooner. When did it happen, Camo? Do you remember? Third quarter? Can we confirm? We've identified the streaker who is now in Wisconsin.
1: The streaker is Sooner James. And who has taken up residence in Muskego, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. KW918 says, the 95 Colorado game was my fault. We were up 17-7. I ate nachos at halftime. We lost 38-17. I have not eaten during an OU game
0: since. K-Dub, wow, taking the blame for that loss to Colorado back in the day.
1: A-Train says, that's true on Sooner James. I was joking about it before the Colorado game, but he downed a 12-pack of beer and some tequila, and I'm trying to talk him out of it in the south end zone. He went for it. Several several listeners are now validating this story. This is apparently a true story. Sooner James went streaking at the OU Colorado game in 1995.
0: I was there as well. They had to bring in the temporary lights to play the game that night. I think that's right, Sooner Gary. Wasn't it like Musco Lighting Company or something? It was uh, it was very interesting, for sure. I think they brought lights to a game in the late Switzerland. But, yes, temporary lights had to be helping out.
1: Also, it was hilarious. I don't know if you caught this yet, Steely, but this morning Chip Kelly had a ma- media availability out at UCLA. And? And the reporters were having some fun with it. They were like – Chip what what would you say if we told you that another program had suspended a reporter for 2 weeks suspended his access to the program and Chip was like can you do that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're like yeah it it, uh, it just happened across town and then chip was like oh boy i shouldn't comment on that but then then he added look we don't really pay attention to what gets written and what gets reported. Yeah. Other people might. I sure
0: don't. Paranoid people do, though. Paranoid people. And Muleshoe is nothing if not paranoid. Steely, do you remember the running back duo, uh, Thunder and Lightning? That would be James Allen and Gerald Moore, right? Is that correct? James Allen and Gerald Moore, I believe, with Thunder and Lightning.
1: Bowen Murray County says the 90s had the first schooner spill. All of us in Section 13 were like face palm emoji, heartbreak emoji. That was a Colorado game, right? Yes, I believe yeah. it was. 1992, maybe? Uh, Spence in Tulsa says Sooner James, not the hero we deserved, but the hero we needed at the time. <laughs> Rich in OKC says Sooner James, a.k.a. Vienna Sausage.
0: Oh, my God. Oh gosh! Was how did it, we? How did this show happen today? I, I have no idea. Sometimes, sometimes we just get down a rabbit hole, and sometimes the, you and have the a text show, line shoves us thinking, further down the rabbit hole. We're breaking down everything. We're talking recruiting today. We'll get into the national scene, and it's somehow turned into Howard Schnellenberger and a streaker and a streaker. Yes. Oh, uh, we might have, have to play the streak by Ray Stevens. Great the text
1: from KW nine one eight. My, how times have changed. They had to bring in temporary lights so we could play a primetime game. Now we have LED lights in our stadium we can never use because we constantly get stuck with 11 a.m. kickoffs. Mm-hmm. That's true. Hey, get a 6 p.m. one next weekend, though, when Iowa State comes to town, which is more than I expected for that game. I did not think Iowa State was going to be a primetime opponent.
0: Iowa State shouldn't be any. Iowa State's game should be on, like, cable access. I mean, I'm talking, like, you know. What network should I say be on? Hallmark or something? Matt Campbell, though.
1: Matt Campbell is a case study, a very interesting case study in. Get out of there when you can. Is that <laughs> what you're going to say? Pretty much. More so than any coach in recent memory, he is the one guy that absolutely tanked his stock by staying at one job for too long. Because in twenty twenty you could not find a hotter name in the coaching profession. Now everybody's like, Oh yeah, Matt Campbell, that also ran at Iowa State. <laughs> now you think he's you think he's in contention for half the big time jobs this offseason that he would have been two years ago? Not a chance.
0: Is there any way he could get the Michigan State job?
1: Oh, that's interesting. I wonder. I wonder. Mel he loves Tucker. him from Iowa State though. Yeah. He's going on what year? Is this year eight for him? Is that how long it's been? it has been there a good long time. Yeah, he's been,
0: he has been there a while. The only thing I ever doubted about Matt Campbell, he's, he's done a good job there. But, again, I, I, Iowa State, it's really hard to get the collection of players that he got in there uh, on a continual basis at Iowa State. But the way he shapes the bill of his cap was always questionable to me. You know what I'm saying? Where he's got like that old redneck. Yeah, he's like he got it folded yeah. up, basically. He looks like he should be working at Jiffy Lube, you know, <laughs> rather than the head coach at Iowa State. Nothing against the oil change people, but that's pretty much how they fold the sure bill of their heads Yeah, there's you know nothing wrong with that. Uh, Sooner, James has given us more details.
1: Oh, no. He says, yep, temporary lights. It was on ESPN. I jumped the wall in the south end zone. Juked a few security guards at the exit and ran out of gas at the Bazell Library. The cops were laughing. Really? Wait a minute. You made it all
0: the way to the Bazell Library?
1: Wow. Hmm. Probably was easier to do in those days.
0: Yeah, probably true.
1: Not nearly as many security protocols to get in and out of games.
0: Can we call up the streak by Ray Stevens?
1: The streak yes. by Ray St- Stevens. Bo- okay. It was
0: Ray Stevens, right? The streak? Yes, okay, there it there is. There it is. All right, here we go. This is for <laughs> this is for uh, Sooner James, right?
1: In honor of Sooner James, I guess we're bumping into break with The Streak by Ray Stevens, a song which I have never heard.
0: Here we go. This is for you, Sooner James. Memories. Here it comes. Wait a minute. Everyone, a Hang on. on. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Here he goes. All right. It's been a very interesting uh, Wednesday show. Sometimes the uh, script flips on you, and that's fine. That's fine. We just roll with it. We roll with it today. Danny Okoye, 630 tonight. Parker Thune says, no doubt 100%, 101% Oklahoma. Uh, Texas and Tennessee also in uh, the running, but uh, Oklahoma will get the commitment tonight. And, again, that will move the Sooners up to number five in rivals and uh, from nine to seven in the 247 composite rankings. Who would be the next commitment? It will be Daniel Akenkunmi, I guess. That would be the safe
1: bet, yes. If you get a surprise between now and then, that should be nice. But yeah, I would, I, I, I would say Akin me, If you made me bet money, I'd say yeah, he's your next commit. We are what? Quick math: twenty-two days, a little mm-hmm. over three weeks away from his commitment date.
0: So, when's the uh, Jordan kid going to announce? You think I from Oh man, I don't know. It's hard to say.
1: I think OU gets him. That's my opinion, at least, right now.
0: He all was right. at the Tulsa game Yeah, this last weekend. Yeah. He was at the Tulsa game. You guys have him on? Didn't they have him on at one point? I did think they, they did. I'm not sure. I think they did, if I'm not mistaken. And you guys, they also had uh, Danny Okoye on, again. Well-spoken, articulate, uh, bright dude. Now, some people will say, well, uh, how do we know this kid is all that when he plays in that league? And you would answer that just by look at the tape. Yes. It's not the highest level of competition, clearly, but you can see that kid physically looks imposing, and he's really bright, too. So that would be, I know a couple of people said, you know, the only few little negative things, like not that Okoye doesn't look like a great prospect, but, man, who's he playing against? What's the level, Parker?
1: I mean, okay, he's not playing – kids that are close to as athletic as he is Mm -hmm. that's fine there are plenty other guys every single year that have that same asterisk if you will heck grant bricks is one of them grant bricks doesn't play anybody half near his size and i i could care less yeah it does not matter to me i'm very much of the opinion that you can look at the film and tell whether a guy is going to be able to at least compete at the next level. Now, whether he stars or not depends on a lot of things, how much he buys in, how well he fits within the system and the scheme, how he's developed by the coaches. But Danny Okoye is undeniably a guy that's going to be able to compete at the next level because of those physical tools that make him such a tantalizing prospect for so Mm -hmm. many schools across the country. And we're not talking about a guy
0: that only Oklahoma went and dug up. Nick Saban, he visited Bama. People are making a good comparison. Look who Arch Manning played against, Uh right? I mean, that was not a very high level of football at all. So no, I look. I, I think the kid looks the part. We, you know, you guys. He was here in the studio. He's been on the ref a couple times. Super bright kid. Uh, I love how he took his approach. You know, to research OU and all that stuff that he talked about. Pretty cool. Pretty pretty cool. Uh, and the sooner should be getting his uh, commitment tonight at six thirty. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. What else do we have before we get out of here? we got a couple a, minutes.
1: Yeah, from a 405 listener. My son is the kid getting stiff-armed on Okoye's Twitter background. He's the best player that has ever played on Cassidy's field. There you go. Spence and Tulsa says that last segment was macaroni award-worthy. <laughs>
0: Uh, I think he means Marconi, who's the guy who invented radio but was making it funny there. Yeah, I, You know, you never know. You never know what's going to happen every now and then. This, I, like I said, I didn't expect there to be this much Howard talk. But uh, the streaker, once the streaker called in from Minnesota or Wisconsin. Was it Wisconsin or Minnesota? Sooner, James. It was Wisconsin.
1: Muskego, Wisconsin.
0: We uh, we identified this the streaker, and people were vouching for yes. They saw the streak
1: from a 405 listener 20 year anniversary for sooner streakers on the horizon will we get a repeat and i only bring that text up to say it's actually the 30 year anniversary (laughs) which uh, not a not a mistake that i blame you for making Mm -hmm. because 1995 does not seem like close to 30 years ago does it heck i wasn't even alive then but even so you're like man
0: 95 was
1: really almost 30 years ago
0: yeah i know You're one of the youngs. I'm one of the olds.
1: Tyler from Kellyville says, I remember Ron L. Lewis playing at the small school of Dewar. Ended up in the NFL. I trust the staff.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what you have to do. Look, all you have to do is look at this kid, and he looks the part already. Will there be some growing pains adjusting to college football? Yeah, probably. There usually is for for everybody. Now, for instance, do you expect, like, David Stone to start from day one, Parker? To start from day one, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm.
1: If Peyton Bowen Tommy didn't,
0: Harris did. Tommy Harris' his first play. He was in the North Carolina backfield. Blew it up. Very first play. Yeah,
1: if Peyton Bowen didn't start day one, if PJ Adabari didn't start day one, I don't know if David Stone will start day one. He'll have the chance to, no question. This listener from the 405 says, I remember Parker saying Danny Acquay will not be a Sooner, maybe around April. Yep, I definitely said that around April because there was a 0% chance. And if you listen to Danny's, Danny Okoye's numerous interviews on this very station, you know at that point in time there was a 0% chance he was coming to the University mm-hmm. of Oklahoma. To the point where the staff had basically said, okay, we're going to go our separate ways. If you decide down the road that you change your mind, you want to give
0: us a second look, let us know. But yeah, we're not going to actively recruit you anymore. There you go. All right, we've got to get out of here. We'll have a lot more on Danny Okoye and what's going on in recruiting, obviously, with Locked In, with uh, Tyler McComas jumping in here with Parker for the next hour. And uh, 6.30 tonight for Danny Okoye's decision. Our pregame show coming up on Saturday, beginning at 7 a.m., again, for the Sooners and Cincinnati. And uh, the Iowa State game is a 6 o'clock kick, so be thinking about making your plans for our uh, pre- and post game for Iowa State that – a week from this coming Saturday. And again, we'll be at Yo Pablo. We'll be at Balfour of Norman O'Connell's after the game. So want to see you out there. But got to take care of business with Cincinnati first coming up this weekend. All right. Thank you to Dr. Bellardo and the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Riverwind Casino, get out there. This Friday night, we've got another show at the Showplace Theater coming up. We have Beats and Bites October 22nd coming up. Get out there and play with your wild card in the 50K Harvest Winnings promotion. We'll see you tomorrow.